Hey, this is Around the Farm, and I'm your host, Rick Myra. Today, we're going to be talking about all things agriculture. With me today is the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Young, who's the chief technology officer at the Climate Corporation. And Mark happens to be one of those guys that's lived in both the ag world and the tech world and is a great person to talk with us a little bit today about how ag is changing, how digital is going to impact agriculture and really drive new changes in the industry. But versus me telling everybody all about you, Mark, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and your background and how you got here? Sure, sure, Rick. Uh, thanks for having me on today. You know, my background's a little bit different, as you know, um, sort of working backwards. I've, I've spent over 20 years now in, in, in high technology field. Uh, most of that 20 years in Silicon Valley, working for high tech companies, you know, companies like Sun Microsystems, uh, Yahoo, uh, Zynga Games. I even ran my own startup, uh, venture capital backed for, for about six years. But what's probably mo- most interesting about how I came to climate and my background as far as, as far as the, the farmers listening out there today is I also grew up on a farm. Um, and so I'm a farm kid. Um, used to go to the rodeo every Saturday night with mom and dad. I, I grew up actually in, in a little farm in southern New Jersey, which, uh, you know, a lot of folks laugh at me when I say I grew up on a farm in New Jersey. Most folks' experience with New Jersey is only through Newark Airport. But uh, the south of the state is, is all farms. Uh, and in fact, the longest-running weekly rodeo in the country uh, takes place right outside my hometown. And we used to go uh, go all the time. I wore cowboy boots to, to kindergarten, uh, western snap shirts, all of it. And uh, so I went to went to college at Purdue University there in Indiana, and uh, got my degree in computer science. And from there, pretty much went straight to Silicon Valley. And about four and a half years ago now, I got the opportunity, this little company called Climate Corporation that was originally founded in in San Francisco, was looking for a CTO. They had just been acquired by Monsanto at the time. And a friend of mine who was running people apps for climate pinged me about it. Uh, You know, after a a pretty good series of conversations, I came on board. uh, And it's been about four and a half years now. And, And what's fun is I get to take all of my 20-plus years of, of experience in high technology and combine it with growing up on a farm and everything I know about farming and, and, and bring it together and bring it to work every day. And uh, it's, just been, it's just been a hell of a ride even for the past four years. It's a unique background, you know, to, to have somebody that grew up on farm um, and then to make that transition into technology, to be able to see the digitization of some other industries, and to now participate in, in what's been a ground-changing swell here in agriculture, where we see so much technology coming to the farm, so much evolution and change. You know, I'm, I'm starting to be a little bit concerned about you, though, Mark. You, you went from New Jersey to Indiana, out to Silicon Valley. Listen, if you go any further west, we're going to have to buy you a boat, buddy. <laughs> well, uh, luckily, about a, about a, just about a year ago now, uh, I actually relocated uh, from, from Silicon Valley to St. Louis. Um, so now I'm actually back to the Midwest, and I've been here about a year. And, uh, you know, the weather took, takes a little bit to get used to, but other than that, I'm, I'm enjoying every minute of it. First thing I wanted to touch base with you on is, hey, you know, we've seen a lot of change in ag over the last 10, 5 years. You know, from your perspective, as you've seen all of this happen, what are some of the most interesting things that you think have, have happened over the past 5 to 10 years that have really impacted agriculture and have really set the stage for what comes next? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, uh, I had the opportunity to participate in uh, our Bayer Crop Science Investor Day. And what was really amazing is out at, uh, out at one of our research farm uh, facilities, we actually 
we put these plots in the ground that uh, demonstrated farming technology through the decades. And, and we st- actually started with a plot around 1940 or pre-1940. It was open-pollinated corn. You know, you don't have uh, you don't have chemistries we have today or any of those th- kinds of things. And the idea of it was to visualize the amount of land that it took to grow 10 bushels of, of corn. And I'll tell you, you know, and I know all the listeners out there today have have sort of lived this, but it was fascinating to just be able to see it all in one place. So we had this plot from 1940, then we had a plot from like the 80s, early 2000s, mid-2000s. Then we had a plot um, that basically represents stacking everything together that we call our Taylor Solutions. It's the best combination of seeds, chemistries, fertility, uh, planning practice, uh, digital support, and then the future uh, of, of corn uh, in the short stature corn, which is just fascinating to see. And, and, and uh, we lose track of all the innovation that happens in ag, uh, I think, because we, we live it every day and every year is an iteration over, over the previous year and we tend to lose track of how far we've come. But man, it was fascinating to see just how much transition and change has happened in agriculture just in the last 60 years. I mean, it's really been neat. When you think about the last five to 10 years, um, you know, 10 years ago, we started getting data off of, uh, off of equipment, um, at least the capability to get data. Farmers, you know, I, don't, I think we've been able to get the data off, but we haven't really done much with it. And I'd say in the last five years, we've, we've started making really good progress into, into what we actually do with that data. And really that sets us up for the next five years, which is really changing the way we farm based on what we call big data, which is how we bring all that data together that's coming off of farms, use it in, in, in new and novel ways, ways that have already changed other industries but have yet to make it to ag. Uh, and then at the end of the day, just use that to make better decisions and be better farmers. You know, Mark, it, it really resonates with me when you talk about the changes in agriculture, right? It's been unbelievable when you think about just where we were 80 years ago, right? I often think about, you know, if that's where we were 80 years ago, where will we be in another 80 years? Just the the amount of change that could happen. And you go back to to times before a lot of the new technology, and, and what you saw was it took a lot more time to do things, right? And we weren't able to produce even as much as we are today with with more time being invested. And part of the evolution has been that We've been able to give farmers some time back in terms of the new technology, but all that time that it seems like we've created then seems to be getting sucked up into having to analyze new things, having to make more decisions, having to to weigh out the pros and cons of different decisions. You know, as you as you talk about big data and, and how you've seen that work in other industries, uh, one of the things I hear farmers say all the time is, "Hey, I, I don't have more time. What you haven't given me is more hours in the day." So. What's the message to those farmers out there that are looking at this going, man, all we're doing is creating more and more and more data. You know, I've been printing out maps for years. I've got 10 three-ring binders on the shelf. I haven't really known what to do with that, and I don't have the time to dig into that. How are these things like big data, artificial intelligence, machine learning, all the buzzwords that are out there, can you break that down for our listeners and just help them to understand, hey, how are these things actually going to help you to make sense of that data and help you to improve your operation? Yeah, it's a good question. I love your point about time because it doesn't really matter who I talk to in ag, whether it's a farmer or a farm manager or even a cab operator or an agronomist, retailer, scout, you name it. Everybody has the same kind of, uh, you know, comment, and that's about, hey, how do I make better use of my time? And I think it has to do 
one of the things is as we get better with farming, we've we've just gotten better at scaling farming, right? And so, you know, the the that, that farm in 1940 is now, you know, it was probably 100 acres in 1940, and they're probably farming, you know, 5,000 acres to, today at this day and age. And so, you know, the equipment gets bigger, the decisions get more impactful. You know, the the budgets on on farm are incredible. Uh, uh, these days. And so as we think about the data that's coming off of those acres and, and off of that equipment and what we can do to do things better, it, it comes down to we have to we have to leverage these new technologies to make better decisions and more timely decisions, right? Um, if you look at a lot of the way folks spend their time today in ag, it's still incredibly analog, right? I can walk into any dealer today and, I, and there will be clipboards full of, of note, handwritten notes, People to call issues they're having, you know, you name it. They might have three or four different computer systems that they're running their business on. I can probably go to just about any farmer out there, and they'll still have some sort of manual book uh, that they're either carrying around, either last year's planning data, or or from 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 maps, or or, or soil test results are a great one, right? Everyone, for the most part, soil testing I think will be the last thing to finally get digitized because today it's all in a, in a in a big book, but. As we digitize the data, we make it easy to access and easy to process, you know, the, those ways of working go away. And, and we just get more efficient. So, you know, take something like, like soil testing. There's no reason why it shouldn't all be digitized in a way that, you know, when I take a soil sample, it's already barcoded with the, the, the georeference position of where I took it. It gets sent to the lab. The lab runs the sample and then digitizes the information right back in the system. And it should show up in whatever FMIS system I'm running. Right today, that's usually disconnected. Like the sample is taken, and sort of somebody makes a note in a notebook somewhere of where it was taken. It gets sent off. The results come back printed out, and then someone enters it into some other system. You know, uh, and marries that data back up. You know, there's no reason for it other than just basic. You know, uh, just some basic digital. You know, support. Not not a difficult problem to solve by any means. But once we get that data in. And we can start analyzing it. You know, that's one of the things that makes FieldView really interesting is it allows that data to come together in one place. So it becomes one one archive where we can put not just soils data, but all the planning data, all the as-applied data throughout the season, you know, make note of the fertility plan, the crop rotation, of course, get the yield data at the end, at the end of the year. And then as we're able to bring all those data sets together, we're actually able to see the performance of various aspects of farming. And, and this is where big data really comes in. And, and people say, you know, well, Mark, what, is, what does big data even mean? And I'll put it in a context that should be pretty straightforward for your, for your listeners. As a farmer, typically, we make our decisions based on what happens on our farm. Right. And we are constantly, you know, we're constantly experimenting. We're running different trials, different tests on our own land. Um, But you can only put so many of those acres in those tests and you can only learn so much with your own ground. And you're you're by by and large, you're limited by the tests that you run. Your decisions are only as good as the data that you have. But now imagine making those decisions based on all of the decisions that farmers are making, all of the different uh, combinations of, of, of uh, different seeds and different soil types and different chemistry profiles, different fertility programs, even cultivation practice, uh, crop rotation, cover cropping, I think is another big one where, where, where folks are trying to figure out the, the value of it and, and what it does. It would be impossible for a single farm, a single farmer or sing, even a single farm to, to be able to run the, the breadth and, and depth of trials of, of all the data out there that's 
that's that's available. Well, I mean, you, you've got me terrified over here. Just for for our listeners that are that are listening right now, my hair is literally blown straight back right now from all the different things that Mark just rattled off. <laughs> that we're going to have to take into consideration, Mark. I mean. How are we going to make decisions with, with all of these different? We're, we're collecting more and more data. We're we're putting it into the cloud. It goes up into this magical ether up there that we're not sure what's happening with it. How how does data science help us to say, okay, now I want to go do this? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, there, there's there's a couple of aspects that that feed into it. You know, in, in data science, we talk about modeling all, all the time, and and all a model is 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 something that can predict an outcome. Uh, by and large, and th- there's different ways to to create models to to put it in in context so people understand what I'm talking about. You know, historically, our models have been very uh, sort of algorithm driven. You know, your basic. You know, you can go to any any ag land grant university, and they'll have algorithms based on you know what your what your nutrient replacement values should be, or what your growth stage should be based on temperature and whatnot. What what the new techniques in data science allow us to do, um, you know, you'll hear the term AI or artificial intelligence, and you'll hear different. There's different variants within AI, things like deep learning. These are a new type of model, and w- instead of moving from in the past where it was very formulaic research-driven, today we can give large amounts of data to a computer and let the computer try to figure out what should happen. Uh, It's kind of a simple way to look at it, Um, but what's really interesting is it turns out that computers can get really good at, uh, at doing these things. And this is things like, you know, all of your facial recognition today that you find in all of your photo apps or in your social media apps, um, all of that is, is AI-based. It's not, it's not an algorithm that's created by a human being. It's, it's, it's computers learning how to uh, look at data and, and draw out inferences in a, in a way that, that, uh, that humans just can't really do at scale. And so the opportunity then is, is one of processing power. So instead of being limited by sort of human cognition, we feed a whole ton of data into a computer, let the computer draw out all those inferences, and produce a model that, that frankly, we, we don't necessarily understand how it works. We just know that it works. And what's nice about these, this, this new realm of AI and data science is the more data you put into the system, the better and better the models get. And so we see this today with our, with our seed advisor product that, that helps you know, match and, and recommend the best seed hybrid for a particular piece of ground. We've seen that tool evolve you know, by double-digit percentage improvement every year we add more data into it. And it's been fascinating to watch the growth to give you a sense. You know, with a climate, it took us nearly two years for our first five million hours of connected data uh, coming off machines. Um, we got the second five million hours in like, I don't know, seven months, I think it was, the third five million hours in three months. And uh, our last five million hours, I think, was a month and a half or, or something like that. And it's, it's just been fascinating to watch. Uh, how quickly farmers are adopting, you know, getting all their data in one place, starting to 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 be able to see that data, just to summarize it and understood and understand how they did on their own operation, but the scale of that data feeding into these new models is going to completely transform ag in the next, I would say, next five years, probably easy. Well, as you talk about farmers collecting data, let's let's pull back from a galaxy far, far away, and let's talk about today. You know, farmers are collecting more data. I mean, that, that's crazy the numbers you're throwing out there that in less than two years it took uh, to get you to 5 million, acre, or 5 million hours worth of field view data and then all the way down to a couple of months to be able to do that now. 
Well, what are what are farmers doing with that data today in the FieldView platform that you're seeing that that's really evolving their operations and and helping them to make better decisions? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, just real real simple value propositions. The first is you know with our FieldView Drive product. Uh, this is a little device that plugs into the the cam port on your on uh, on your tractors, sprayers, combines, etc. But the nice thing about that device is it doesn't care what kind of what brand of equipment you have. So, you know, most of our farmers have mixed fleet. Um, the opportunity to plug that device in and, and cover their entire fleet with a single uh, platform is 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 a great option. Hold, hold on, hold on. I, I just want to make sure I heard that right. Did you just say that there is a device in agriculture that happily integrates with other systems in agriculture and moves data around? Yes, yeah, that's, so that's a landmark. Right I don't there. know how happily. You know, it took a lot of work to get us there, but but yes, that's right. You know, the FieldView Drive. It's it's a it's a little little convenient device plugs into the cam plug and it doesn't care if you plug it into a John Deere or a Case or a New Holland or, or, or whatever the piece of equipment you have. Uh, different planter combinations, sprayers, you name it. Uh, it plugs in and, and, and that, that's our first value proposition right there is no matter what type of equipment you have, you can plug this device in and get all that data in one place. Um, and, you know, and, and until FieldView, you know, it really wasn't easy to do that. After you get that data in one place, the next uh, sort of simple value proposition in our in our FieldView Cab app is the ability to visualize what's happened on that equipment. So that was the the, the sort of second thing we found was you know two big spikes during the year uh, we see at climate. One is in planting, right? So you know as we say, no no good plan never survives first contact with the enemy, right? So we can sit in our in our in our offices or or, uh, or our kitchens in December through February and plan out everything we're going to do in the spring. And it all goes out the window to some effect or another, depending on the weather and a whole variety of things, right? And so, the the, the first big big opportunity is in the cab during planting. You know, what are, what do I have in my in my seed shed? You know, what are the best fields to put that seed on? You know, how am I adapting? You know, it uh, doesn't matter if I plan to plant one on a certain field or not. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But given what I have and what's left and what the RMs are and whatnot, like what's the best match there? So a lot of decisions happen at planting, obviously. Once that crop grows in the ground, now you're managing it, right? You're spraying it, you're fertilizing it, you're, you're managing disease, pest pressure, et cetera. Um, we provide satellite imagery to help you kind of get a sense of how your, your, your field is doing. And then as you get through to the end and you harvest, um, it's fascinating to watch a farmer in the cab of a combine. I mean, to see the results of all those decisions that took place you know, during the season in real time. It's, and, and you can just, if you ever ride along with a farmer in a combine, you'll see it. Uh, they're already making decisions for what they want to do the following season, right? There, and and uh, I get a lot of calls from guys in the combines. It's it's kind of fun, you know, talking about what happened and and what they're going to do next year and and uh, different seed choices they may make and and whatnot. Um, so some some real simple value proposition. We're not even talking about the data science based stuff. You're talking about just. Help me connect my equipment. Help me get my data in one place, and just help me see what's going on in my operation. Right? Help me. Help me. Help me visualize. You know, how how well did I do according to my plan? How well did my harvest go? How well did all those decisions I made throughout the year kind of roll up? And just give me some stats on how I did. That's the first you know value proposition of of uh, of climate and field view. And then beyond that is when we start getting into. Uh, you know, more and more advanced science. How do, can we recommend to you to, to either uh, 
some some better set of decisions, either either better decision on uh, something even as simple as as density of your seed uh, seeding rate. Right, we have folks that are still static rate planning. You know, uh, in different, especially in different parts of the world. You're like, is there a big advantage to have just whatever seed you're planting? Can you go from static to to variable rate? Right, uh, then can we help you be better at variable rate? And then ultimately, can we help you be better at, at choosing the, the the best performing hybrid for your ground? And that doesn't necessarily mean the the latest and greatest hybrid. That may not be the best performing, but but you know, can we get you the best ROI? And then all the way through to uh, you know fertility uh, programs, and and uh, you know now we're looking at harvest timing, we're looking at uh, irrigation practices um, for efficiency, all kinds. There's so much opportunity for improvement in ag. It's 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 unbelievable. Mark, you know, you've you've talked a lot about you know, the ways that we can capture data, uh, the different data that's out there that we can analyze. Uh, you know, another thing I've heard you talk a lot about in, in agriculture that I think is core to to us as a community is collaboration. Right? You, you think about there are very few farm operations out there. I'd venture to say probably none where it's just one person doing everything, right? It takes a team of folks, whether that be folks that are coming in from third parties, dealers, consultants. You know, as a as the CEO of my operation as a farmer, I'm looking to work with a team of folks that help me to be able to make these decisions. How is digital going to help with that collaboration? How is it going to help for all of us to work together to make better decisions? What's funny is when I joined, you know, four and a half years ago, you know, the motto within the company was, hey, farming is a team sport. And it really is. It's incredible. You know, and it doesn't matter if you're farming 100 acres or 10,000 acres. Um, you know, maybe the complexity of the operation gets a little different. But the fact is, it is never one person. Um, it, it's always a combination of folks and a combination of expertise. Everything from, you know, the, the, the farmer, uh, farmer owner Maybe different from the operator in the cab. Maybe different from the the person that's out scouting the fields. Maybe different from the the person advising the seed versus the the crop protection. It's it's fascinating, you know, all the different folks that interplay uh, to make to make farming work. Um, and that's true all over the world. You know, that's not just true for here in the Midwest. But it's it's amazing to see kind of how similar farming operations are, even even globally. And so what we realized is, hey. There's a real opportunity here to, to help these folks collaborate better. And you don't have to spend much time with any of them to realize how inefficient to, to sort of the collaboration uh, is today. I can go to any FieldView dealer today and they will have a clipboard of their farmers' logins and passwords so that they can manually log into their system and sort of look at a field or look at this or leave a note or whatnot. Like I said, there's scouting notes written in, in, in notepads and then passed around. I mean, it's shocking. You know, from a, from a tech perspective, it's shocking at how much is still analog. And so what we're looking at now for sort of the next generation field view is, is how do we, you know, I, I mentioned some of those early value propositions. Get my data in one place. Let me visualize it. Let me roll it up. Help me make decisions. But that's all sort of based today around sort of what we call the owner-operator model. Now what we're looking for is, hey, what are all those value propositions where we can bring folks together and, and start helping them um, uh, work together? And some of the simpler ones is, you know, at harvest time, you know, I mentioned all those decisions that the farmer's starting to make in the cab. Well, let's bring their seed dealer together. You know, somebody sold them that seed that performed on that acre, or maybe it didn't perform, and so they want to have a conversation about it. And we see a lot of those conversations happen now that FieldView really can can reveal sort of in a 
in a, in a transparent way how certain products and decisions performed on the field. So let's help those folks have those conversations. Let's help folks understand where to go in the field and how to leave a scouting note and how to how to uh, ask a question from an agronomist, for example, and have that answer go back to the farmer and, and do all of that digitally and start to think about how we can make that happen in field view and really bring some of these other folks uh, and their experience uh, into field view the same way we have the, uh, the farmer uh, owner operator. All right. So we've talked about today. We've talked about how you got there. Now let's go ahead and take the governor off. Are you ready? Let's <laughs> let's zoom to light speed here. Okay. With a guy that's got your background, that's got your insight into agriculture, what's happening today, what's possible and what's coming. Talk to our listeners a little bit about what gets you excited about where digital is going to go in agriculture and how it is going to be a step change for all of our producers out there as they think about how they operate. Well, you know, aside from flying tractors, obviously, we'll... Full Jetsons farming, right, is full, that what we're going on, on here? You know, uh, fits in my brief, briefcase. Uh, that's a good Jetsons reference for everybody out there. Um, here's the thing I'm most excited about, and, and, and this, may, this may surprise folks, but once we're able to digitize the farm and really make sense of the decisions that we're making and the ramifications of those decisions, the thing that excites me the most is we can actually change the business of farming. And I don't want anybody, don't panic anyone out there. I'm not talking about not being a farmer or anything like that. But if you if you look at the way farming happens today, it is a series of companies trying to sell things to a, a series of folks who are trying to then make use of them. And, you know, the... We we joke about it. If if the yield if the yield was really there the, uh, from all of these products from all of these ag companies, we would all be getting about five hundred bushels an acre. Right. That, that's an absolute fact. If you if you actually picked up an ag mag- magazine today and counted up all the bushel per acre increases you should get, I don't know how we're not going thousand bushel corn at this point. Ab- absolutely, we should all be rock stars, right? Um, but the reality is that's not the case. Um, and you know, the question I have is, how do we get out of this? How do we get out of this model where you know there there are certainly products that perform? There's no doubt about it. But do they perform the same on every acre? No, we we know that's the case, right? Uh, does it mean that every farmer should be using every product? No, absolutely not. Like like you know, intuitively we know this is the case. But how do we get out of this out of this trap? Well. Data is really the, the, the way we get out of it. And, and when we're able to use data to make a recommendation, now companies that produce products can actually participate in the value and the risk of using that product, right? And we're starting to see this now with, with, with these new types of business models where companies who actually produce the product will share the risk and the reward with the farmer uh, customer based on how that product performed. And when you think about, like, we're just doing it, we're starting to see this today on very, on single products. So you're starting to see it on seed. You're starting to see, you know, these kinds of performance guarantees on, on chemistry. You know, but imagine if you, if you really look to the future, roll up the entire decision tree for, for an acre, right? And it's everything from seed, seed treatment, practice. You know, how are you managing cover crops, rotation? When do you plant? Um, all of the, all of those decisions can be rolled up and actually rolled out. And imagine letting the companies that actually produce those products, you know, put their money where their mouth is, so to speak. I can't wait to see how this plays out because it's, to me, it's absolutely fascinating where if you can finally align the interests of the companies that are producing these products with the, with the interests of those who are using them, 
incredible things are going to happen, right? If you just even look at crop protection, you know, the right answer in crop protection can't be yes, put down more more stuff, um, you know, and and it has to be hey, let's put down just what we need in just the places that we need it, and partner together on on finding the best answer, right? Uh, that has to be the answer, and it's the same for fertility as well, right? If we look across our data sets and we see. You know, there's a sweet spot in the middle of folks that have their fertility programs, what what we see from a data perspective to be just right. And then there's a whole bunch of people under the curve that are under-fertilizing, and there's a whole bunch of people over the curve that are over-fertilizing, right? Both of those sets of folks are, are inefficient. They're, they're either losing yield because they're under-fertilizing or they're you know, wasting money because they're over-fertilizing. Well, what if all of a sudden we participate and we share that risk and we share that recommendation in a way that influences that farmer to do the optimal decision for, the, for that acre? I mean, that's going to be fascinating to, to watch play out, and it's going to fundamentally change the way, the way we farm to finally get these companies that produce these products to participate uh, you know, in the, in, in the performance of those products uh, and how they work on every acre. You know, it is it is nice to think of a future where you say, "Hey, put your money where your mouth is." Right? It's uh, don't don't make me a promise. It's Show me. Be. Yeah, it's got to be. And 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 no group of folks loves it better than farmers, right? Because they've been they've been promised all these things for all these years. And and by all means, there's some phenomenally performing products out there. But like I say, not every product is is ideal for every acre. And and what data science. Uh, helps us with is, hey, let's figure out which products are ideal on which acres and help me understand where the math is, you know, like, uh, you know, even a crop protection application on an acre, it may or may not be ROI positive, right? So how do we use better data and better tools to make that decision? And then how do we adjust the business model to be in business together uh, to make sure that we find an optimal outcome for everybody? Mark, it sounds to me like you're saying, hey, as, as agriculture gets more and more digitized, what's going to happen is, is the farmer is going to be much more in control of what's happening on their operation because they're going to understand it to a much greater degree. They're going to understand the inputs and how they're impacting productivity. They're going to understand their profitability, their margin levels, and really be able to try to find that sweet spot. And I think that you're speaking to a lot of people right now when you consider today's current ag economy. To be able to really find that sweet spot can be the difference between a tough year and a great year. So as you think about all those farmers that are out there starting to ponder this, they're, they're starting to picture the future, you know, you've got a bit of a farming background yourself. If you were to say, hey, guys, this is what you need to be focused on today that prepares you for this future that we're talking about here, what would you say to people? What, what are the couple of things that they need to be taking into consideration and thinking about implementing right now on their operations? You know, it's, it's pretty straightforward and, and it's not a big investment. I tell everyone out there, whether you believe in this new data thing or not, doesn't matter. Put your, start putting your data into the system. You will immediately get the benefit of being able to see the results across your own operation, across all your different equipment, and you'll have that historical context. You can pull up a planning map or a harvest map from any field, from any year, as long as it's digitized and, and uploaded up into the system. If you pick a, a platform like ours that's open, all of your your third parties as well can can integrate into that same system. So if you're if you're having a, you know aerial image from a drone or an aircraft, that plugs in. If you're doing automated soil scanning or something like that, it 
plugs in. If you've got a new precision planning rig with something like a smart firmer soil sensor, all of that data rolls in. Just start getting your data into the system. You will you will immediately find value in it, even on your own operation. And at that point, you have set yourself up. Uh, for the future, you know, if this data science thing plays out the way we think it will, you know, you'll already be ahead of the curve. And, and what we're able to do is, is once people start putting their data into the system, we can immediately see where there's opportunity, right? So if, if you're putting data in and you're, you're choosing a hybrid that it may have performed well for you for a couple of seasons, but there might be a hybrid that you just don't know about that would be performing even better for you, right? We can see that. We can see that once you start putting that data into the system. So there's really nothing to be lost by, you know, getting your data into the system and, and getting on a platform. You know, whether you use the the, the more advanced uh, features and things later on doesn't matter, but at least you have yourself set up for the future and all of the potential benefit to come from these new types of technologies. Well, hey, Mark, appreciate you spending some time with us this afternoon. It's, uh, it's been enlightening. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about some of the things that you're talking about. Some of the problem with the future is having to wait for it, right? But being able to bring it back to what we can do today, uh, really getting focused on capturing that data. It sounds like that's step one, right? Go out, get your planting data, your application data, your harvest data, and being able to then feed these into these advanced scientific models is really what's going to be able to set us apart in the future and help us to make these better decisions and capitalize on uh, on the promise of digital agriculture, artificial intelligence, and any other buzzword that we want to throw out there uh, around how digitization is going to change tech. So, hey, appreciate you coming in and spending some time with us this afternoon. Absolutely. My pleasure. Love talking about this stuff. Love my job. Uh, hopefully, you know, everyone can can tell how much uh, how much I enjoy that, and I can't wait to see how f- how ag really kind of unfolds in the next next five years or so. It's really going to be a fantastic ride. Well, with all that said, I want to take a moment and thank our listeners. This has been Around the Farm, brought to you by Climate Field View. Don't miss any of our episodes. I know you wouldn't want to. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us at www.climate.com. We want to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or questions, go to Twitter, search for FieldView. You can find us there and then use the hashtag, hashtag FieldViewATF, so that we can find your tweets and we'll do our best to answer your questions because honestly, you guys come up with the best ideas. Speaking of feedback, we wouldn't be opposed to getting that great five-star review. If you send them our way, we greatly appreciate it. That's all we've got for today. We'll see you around the farm.